Hey guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast. As always, I am your host, Corey Tyndall, and this week I did a solo podcast. Actually, this week and next week, this is a two-parter uh, about my time working for the Hillary Clinton campaign. Um, some of you who know me know that uh, in 2016, I worked on the Clinton campaign as an organizer. Um and I want to say that this is not going to be a very political podcast. This isn't about Trump versus Hillary or anything like that. It's really just the stories that I got uh, from working on the campaign. And, and some of those include, um, you know, a couple of guns being pointed at me and someone else in my uh in my vicinity and, you know, uh, people being robbed and, uh, political turmoil and what it's like to really work for a political campaign, especially with how, uh, supercharged everyone is about politics right now. Um, I hope you guys think it's interesting. I honestly, uh, typed all this stuff up, got through an hour and decided that, uh, I should do this in, in two parts. So part one coming out, uh, today, it's the 4th of January, 2021 and part two coming out on the 11th, uh, the morning of the 11th. So, uh, let me know what you think. Um, other announcements. I finally made a, uh, specific Instagram for this podcast. So go follow that. It's at kind of an expert. Uh, I'll be posting stories and highlight clips from there. Uh, I had been using my personal comedy Instagram, Corey T comedy. Now it's got its own dedicated thing. So go give that a follow. I really appreciate anyone who does that. Uh, and I really appreciate you continuing to listen. Uh, I think we had an awesome first year of the podcast in 2020. Um, 2021, I think, is looking to be even better. I think uh, we're going to be able to grow this thing. I've got more and more people that want to join in. I've already got uh, four or five people lined up who want to do the podcast, but I wanted to get this one out um, right before the Georgia runoffs and Biden getting initiated into the presidency. Uh, cause I just feel like the, the four years that started with this campaign are finally over. Uh, and this'll be a good, this will be a good way to get some closure on, uh, on this whole thing and kind of set you, give you guys an idea of what it was like actually before Trump got elected. So hope you guys enjoy it. Um, go follow the page. Remember to like subscribe and share and enjoy the episode. So here we go. Summer of 2016. I am a wee lad, just graduated college. Um, looking for a job really was the uh, the whole point of that summer. I'd been turned down at pretty much every job place because I had a pretty useless psychology degree. So like, what am I going to do? Decided not to go to grad school. Um, and so pretty much that entire summer, I just kind of was applying to places online, getting turned down. Um, and it actually got to the point where 
I had uh, contacted the local pizza place near me and I was just going to borrow my stepmom's car uh, and deliver pizzas until I could get a, a real job. And luckily for me, a lot of a lot of people have asked me how did I get into um, working on the Clinton campaign. And honestly, the like I want to be able to tell them like, oh my God, I just loved her policies or whatever. But it was I was a Bernie person during the primary in 2016. If you guys remember, he like kind of like took the Democratic Party by storm and the Democratic Party uh, really did everything that they could to make sure that he didn't uh, get the, the Democratic nomination, which, by the way, I honestly don't blame them for because Bernie Sanders, as much as I like him, and I do like him, he was an independent who consistently voted against what the Democratic Party had been trying to do for the last like 30 years and so he showed up to the democratic party like this imagine if you're having a house party and someone at your at your university or whatever spent all of their time and effort going to the cops trying to make sure you couldn't have it and then when you had it they were like, oh, yeah, now I want to come. Like, I want free booze. I want, you know, to hang out here. It's like, no, get the fuck out of here. What did you do? So anyway, I liked Bernie Sanders at the time. And I got into the Clinton campaign uh, really because this girl that I had met at my friend's college, she was friends with one of my high school friends, uh, posted on Facebook, are you a Democrat and need a job? And I was like, wow, yeah, that's me. I am a Democrat and I need a job. So I commented on her Facebook post. Um, I think I was hanging out at my friend's, uh, my friend was like house sitting for a place with a pool. So I uh, was just commenting on her post right there like hey uh i'm interested she messaged me on the side and was like apply here and uh literally within this was um august uh or or july 2016 so we still had a few months until uh the election but she comment she said here apply here and within Honestly, like an hour and a half, I got a call from someone at the the Democratic Party um, that was looking to hire me, and the the interview process was the fastest and the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. I think I talked to three people over the course of two days. All of them asked me like very. Uh, like high level questions, nothing really in depth, nothing like it was all just like, oh, okay, can you walk a lot? Yep. Okay. How do you like the democratic party? All right. Who's someone you look up to? Yep. All right. He's not crazy. Cool. Let's give him a job here. Um, and I'll get into more of that, like lack of vetting process later because, uh, you know, it turned out I was a decent fit for the job, but uh, there were some other people that weren't quite cut out for it for uh, a multitude of reasons. So the interview process was about two days, and then literally at the end of the second two-day process, I think this was like July 25th, they were like, hey, you need to be in Columbus, Ohio uh, on August 1st. 
So I had six days to essentially get my shit together um, and get a car, which I didn't have. So I went on Craigslist and bought like a, a 2006 Chevy Malibu for like three grand. My dad loaned me the money um, and I had to drive down there. Um, luckily, the part of the gig was that they were going to provide me a place to stay. Um, so one thing that you can do if you are interested in helping out whatever political party you're affiliated with is these campaigners, um, instead of volunteering your time uh, by doing phone calls or knocking doors or whatever, you can actually volunteer space in your house. Um, so if you want a campaigner essentially living in uh, your house and using a bedroom as uh, just kind of a way that that they're able to work to help out the party you can do that um, and I don't know if you get any like tax there was always rumor that you got like a tax credit for for doing it but not gonna make uh, any guarantees of that and and as you'll hear later in the podcast uh, the campaigners are not home very often so it really is just like a, a place for them to sleep so just throwing that out there now, Columbus. We get to Columbus. We have two days of training. Um, it was really just kind of like a crash course in what we're going to be doing. Um, to kind of give the baseline, it was essentially like we're working from August 1st to the end of November. We're working every single day. There are no, you get there are no weekends off. You do get two vacation days. However, they are only one day. So it is almost, it's, it's almost a useless day in terms of you can't really go do anything uh, that's outside of your immediate area because there's like, you can't really spend the night. You got to be at the office at 8 a.m. the next morning. So it's, you know, it's it's really just used for a time to rest. Um, every workday was from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. except Sundays, which was noon to nine. So, you know, if if you went to church, you got to do that. But it really was like 11 hour days every single day of the week. Uh, adding up to 77 hour weeks. Uh, and that's up until um, mid October. And once mid October hit, then it was 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. So it was 14 hour days, uh, which I'm not, uh, it, it ended up by the end being that we were working 110 to 120 hours a week um and we did get paid i'm not going to sit here and say that that we did all this for free and they didn't compensate us um the compensation back in 2016 i don't know what it is now was three thousand dollars a month flat not taxed because it was with a political organization so that was nice however with the amount of hours that we had been working, it came out to like $4 an hour, uh, which actually one of my colleagues in a different city who I never met ended up quitting the campaign about a month into it uh, so that she could sue the campaign because apparently even if you're salaried, you can't be paid less than the federal minimum wage, which is like seven 
dollars and 50 cents so there was a class action lawsuit i did not get in on it uh because you know i was looking for other jobs and odds are the most i was going to get out of it was like a couple hundred bucks so i just kind of left it um but the the trainings were fine you got assigned to a city so that's where i found out i was going to be in toledo ohio which actually was uh pretty great for me toledo for those who don't know the geography is almost a suburb of detroit um you're about 20 minutes away from from michigan so that was kind of nice um and uh and so i was happy with that i got to meet some of my coworkers, and it was really telling us that we were going to be essentially doing three different things on the job the main thing was going to be calling people cold calling uh which if you've helped out with a political campaign before you volunteered for them you've probably done this it's a lot of just gathering information getting hung up on blah 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 we'll get into that later it's a lot of voter registration which uh is I thought the most fun, uh, and that's that's where I've got most of my stories from. Uh, but that only went through mid October because the voter registration deadline for the election was uh, in mid October, and then knocking on doors, which was single handedly the worst thing that we did. And again, I will get into the specifics of that later. Um, end of training, just to show you how much of a shit show this kind of was um i still didn't have a pl- i didn't know where i was staying right up until the last minute i was in columbus like five minutes before i got in the car to drive to toledo i still didn't know where i was staying uh and i was really by this guy uh christian was uh our boss he was our our regional organizing director and uh i was bugging the shit out of him at our initial party which i now with the perspective of doing the campaign understand that he had nothing to do with it and this wasn't his fault at all uh but he was the only authority figure that i knew so got off on a on the wrong foot with him uh but i think most people can understand my anxiety over uh i'm about to drive into a city i've never lived in and uh, i don't have a place to stay ended up that uh one of my coworkers who had actually started in mid-july and not august 1st so two weeks before me which two weeks on a campaign feels like an eternity you feel like a, a veteran uh after just a couple of weeks she had a volunteer who uh let me sleep on her couch for like a week um which was awesome except it her she was i think obsessed is the right word obsessed with mermaids and disney so literally every single piece of decoration in her house had something to do with a mermaid or a Disney character, and her dog was a real piece of shit. The dog, I would just be laying on the couch trying to sleep, and if the dog came downstairs, it would like literally attack me, uh, which is very strange. I love dogs. I normal they normally like me, uh, but that was a bit of a nightmare. I ended up getting a uh, a twin bed in the computer room of a seventy five year old lady named Linda. Um, where I ended up staying the rest of the few months that I was there. And at the time, I was kind of bummed that I was 
in such a weird space. Like they didn't actually have a bedroom for me, but, um, I got used to it and I, you know, with the hours that were working again, I was really only just sleeping there. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, wasn't too bad as far as all, all those things go. Um, so I think the most interesting part of the campaign or one of them is really the people that I worked with. And we had three different types of people that, uh, we worked with, we had the organizers, um, and we had bosses, our regional organizing director and the deputy, uh, Rod, who, um, were really trying to oversee things. They didn't exactly, uh, do everything that we were doing. They were more administrative, making sure everything was going well. Um, we had, uh, my colleagues who were doing the same job as me, which is voter registration, uh, phone calling, organizing, knocking on doors. We had the volunteers um, who were doing, I wouldn't say most of the work. Um, I think all of the organizers each did more work than probably half the organ half the volunteers combined however if you put all the volunteers together they did the majority of the work which is how it's supposed to go you'll see later that it's really I'll it's it I'll explain how but it's it's essentially just a pyramid scheme every single every every single political campaign is really just a pyramid scheme like you would see for Amway and different drugs um and it's it's pretty horrible uh, but anyway, and then we had the, the interns who happened to be, uh, high school kids and we had a couple college kids that joined us as well. So, um, a lot of our colleagues, as I mentioned before, were not really ready for how difficult this was going to be. Um, and what I mean by that is that for instance, when we were doing voter registration, that would happen every single day from 10 a.m. to about 5 p.m. when it started to get dark. And that included and all of this, all of all that it was, was just walking around the city of Toledo and trying to register people to vote. Um, I have a ton of stories from that, but some of my colleagues, like one of them, she was an incredibly nice lady. Um, I like, I got along with her super well. Uh, she was really smart. She was a lawyer who decided to leave her job and do this campaign because she really, really liked Hillary Clinton. Uh, and almost everybody who worked with me as an organizer really, really liked Hillary Clinton. It was very rare that, uh, people just kind of took it because they needed a job, which I think had some upsides and downsides for me. But this lady, she was 55 and I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say she was very overweight, which when you tell someone, hey, it's the middle of August, you need to walk seven to 10 miles a day and you need to walk up to random people and get them to fill out voter registration forms, you're just not able to do it. And so it goes back to that vetting process that I had mentioned earlier uh, with like how fast it went because nobody told us what we'd be doing in the interview. If they had told her, hey, 
we you are going to be walking close to 10 miles a day she would have said oh no maybe no thanks that's maybe not for me uh which would have been the right thing to do and and she had other strengths don't get me wrong like she was a great people person um and the i i should specify the main part of our job was trying to handle volunteers however it was uh tough to do because there just weren't very many people who wanted to volunteer for hillary clinton go figure um so we were a little bit set up for failure but uh there were other people that had other issues including uh this this other girl who we worked with who i'm not going to say her name but physically she could do the job but mentally she really struggled with it she was regularly like abandoning the office and not really doing any uh doing the jobs that she was supposed to do so that she could just you know go hang out with uh her volunteer friends or hook up with this intern that we had who was in college thankfully but she was you know i think 34 and he was 17 and they would just randomly like run off into a closet to go hook up it was very strange not sure uh how that all came about or how it ended um but anyway that all aside i really did like most of the people that that i worked with uh there were a lot of younger people that were coming from college uh one of my best friends uh, on the campaign sydney was a excellent organizer she had a ton of energy she was fun to be around always had a great attitude like there's pages and pages of just like jokes and uh like quotes that we wrote down from uh from being in the office together and there was uh, a guy named muhammad who uh was a black muslim dude also grew up in uh in ohio and he was awesome and i loved learning about muslim culture from him because he was uh pretty devout he he prayed multiple times a day we had like a, a space in the back for him to do that and just like his background was incredibly enlightening uh for me to like learn about one what it's like to grow up in in uh i believe he he grew up in Dayton, uh, in a really rough part of town, but then also being a Muslim, I, it's, I had never met anyone like that before. So there's plenty of people like that. My, my roommate for, uh, close to three and a half years in New York, I actually met on the Clinton campaign. So it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's, it was not all bad in terms of the people. And for the most part, it was, we did a good job of, of picking them, but, uh, I guess I can, I could stop going on about that. I'm starting to, to ramble. So the other ones, uh, the volunteers that we had a lot of them, like I said, there, there wasn't a lot of excitement about Hillary Clinton. So a lot of them were pretty, uh, dedicated. Almost all of them are older women. Um, older men don't really like to get involved with this stuff and younger people generally uh, don't have the time. And so it was a lot of older women. It was a lot of like trying to teach them how to use technology. Uh, it was a lot of, 
um, you know, showing them things over and over again. And they had a great spirit, but no, they didn't do anything quickly is, uh, is what I'm trying to say. I did have one volunteer, uh, in my territory named Charles, who was a great guy. Um, he used to be a special ed teacher. He lived at home with his mom after his mom got sick. Um, incredibly interesting dude. He had only ever been in two different places in his life. Uh, the suburb of Toledo that he was that he lived in called Oregon, not Oregon. It's Oregon, and he got yelled at if you said Oregon. He had been to Oregon and Las Vegas, and when we asked him why don't you go somewhere else, he said, "Well, Vegas has everything, so why would I go anywhere else?" Like they have an Eiffel Tower, they have a a fake Mount Rushmore, they have all this other stuff. And he was like, all right, cool. I only ever need to go to two separate places in my life, the place that I grew up and Las Vegas. And we were like, wow, okay. But it gives you a picture of like who we were kind of working with here. People with a lot of free time uh, who were pretty opinionated. Um, there, there were a couple of younger dudes, this guy, Mike, um, I got along with really well. He, he, had the energy he had the drive he was smart he knew what he was doing those volunteers and charles was the best volunteer he worked incredibly hard um they were awesome and they are the only thing that made this thing bearable for me and actually one of my friends from high school ended up joining me later which i'll i'll talk about um most of the volunteers got on my nerves, uh, got on everyone's nerves. Really, there were a couple that uh, would regularly quit. Uh, and most of them, honestly, were just doing it because of the events that we were putting on. Um, they were really only volunteering so that they could pretend to work and then sneak off in the event venue with their little volunteer badge and try and get as close to Bill Clinton or whoever the fuck as possible, which was incredibly frustrating because as you can imagine, when you are counting on someone to help corral an event space with 10,000 people in it, uh, them walking off is a fucking problem. But anyway, the last group of people were interns that we got at uh, got at the local high school. Uh, I loved most of those kids. They were they were all in, pretty much in my territory because I had the suburbs and the sticks of Toledo. We carved up uh, Toledo into a bunch of different territories, and so I was uh, pretty pretty far out east. Uh, had a bunch of schools, so we went into the schools. My my coworker went in there and tried to explain like, "Oh, this will be really great." For for your careers you'll be able to meet a bunch of people you'll get to make phone calls and it'll be great experience or whatever and everyone in the kids every every kid in the class their eyes glazed over and then when she was done i was like all right so here's here's what's actually going on uh we have an office we have a shitload of snacks uh and i included the swearing in saying this to high school kids because how else are you going to get them to think that it's actually going to be a fun time to come work with you guys uh and we have a shitload of snacks we're playing music all day we're all just telling jokes sitting around we're getting our work done that's the most important thing but we have a lot of fun while we're doing it we're doing it for a good cause and if any of you work for me then 
Uh, anytime you apply for a job, put me down as a reference. I'll put you down as a great worker. You'll definitely get the job for sure. And we got, um, a bunch of, a bunch of volunteers. Uh, some of my four favorites was this girl named Megan, who was an exchange student from Australia. Um, not sure why she wanted to volunteer in an American political campaign, but she was awesome. I loved, uh, knocking on doors with her and registering voters. Uh, this girl, Alana, who, uh, was also great. Two girls named, uh, both named Emma. Um, they really honestly made, uh, a lot of the days a lot better. I had two male uh, interns as well, two like 16-year-old boys, but they were honestly real pieces of shit and uh, probably caused me more work than they actually got done for me. Uh, so I, I honestly don't even remember their names. I tried to look it up. I can't find anything. But anyway, the, the interns were great. Wanted to give them a shout out because they, they were, they honestly, like when everyone in the office, when you're on your 20th day in a row of working a 14 hour day, just having the interns come in for like three hours to do some work and joke around was like a, just a shot of energy to the office. So really appreciate what they did for us. So getting into exactly what we did. I mentioned before that we did voter registration, we knocked on doors, we did um, a lot of phone calls. We also, like I mentioned, did a bunch of events. We had a bunch of celebrities show up um, to the office. Now, the way that this all works is we worked for technically the Democratic Party, um, which was the Hillary Clinton campaign. And as you can imagine, the Democratic Party, being that they are part of the deep state, that's a joke have a lot of connections to a lot of people. So for instance, not only did we have politicians like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden uh, come to our office in Toledo and do these events that we had to set up. We also had celebrities like uh, the entire cast of the West Wing. If you guys watched that, it was a political drama um, that was from the, I think, mid 2000s that a lot of people watched. Um, so, and, and actually, I think Netflix just came out with a new, uh, a new spin off as special episode or something right before this, uh, this election. And uh, got to meet them. I got to meet one of the guys from The Hangover, um, the guy who uh, I don't even remember his name, but the guy who got stuck on the roof, who was just in the movie for like 10 seconds, came by. And every time a celebrity would come by, we would all give like little speeches introducing them or whatever. And it was like a fun, cute thing. And they would come by and talk about how much uh, the volunteers mean to uh, mean to the organizers and how we need to put in work. And the whole goal was that volunteers would come into the office to see this celebrity and then they would want to volunteer. We could get them to sign up for, for volunteering shifts to make calls or knock doors uh, while the celebrity was there. Honestly, it almost never worked except for one dude who showed up, Jeff Goldblum, who actually drew a really big crowd. Um, and he might be the weirdest dude I have ever met in my life. Um, for, at, at one point in his visit, he was, he started like, um, doing improvisational, like jazz with just his mouth with 
one of the audience members, like the audience member came into the office and was saying like, Oh, I know you do jazz. I love jazz. Uh, would you mind if I just like gave you a beat and then you did some stuff over it? And Jeff Goldblum was like, Oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever been asked. And it, it was like five minutes. They did like five minutes of improvisational mouth jazz. Um, and, uh, it was like, wow. Okay. Uh, I guess, um, I guess we're doing this now. And everyone was like, you know, I'm confused, but I guess I don't hate it was the attitude in the office. Uh, and then one of the, one of the people that was visiting asked, uh, Jeff, Jeff, uh, I'm on a first name basis with him Asked Jeff, what is the best way to get people to volunteer? And, uh, to, Jeff Goldblum's credit, he said, well, I don't know. I've never done this before. Well, like, let's, let's get, uh, one of, uh, let's get one or two of the organizers to come up here. And my friend Sydney, who I mentioned earlier, nominated me and, uh, my friend and future roommate will to go up there. And we acted out like a sketch of Will and I knocking on Jeff Goldblum's door uh, and asking him about voter registration, um, with him. And it was, it was awesome. I've got pictures of it. If anyone's interested, uh, DM me and I'll send you the photos. Uh, they're not super clear because, you know, angles, but you could definitely tell that it is, uh, you definitely tell that it's me and you could definitely tell that it's him. So that was, that was definitely a highlight of the, um, of the campaign. The other people that would come by are, are other politicians. So we had a bunch of senators, uh, some senators from Michigan who I had previously voted for, uh, come, uh, come down to the office and do like a speech and then the news would show up and they would talk about how important it all is and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just kind of politician bullshit, that kind of stuff. Um, most of the time though, events were a huge fucking headache for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. And that is really that those days would start at 6am because the events would normally be at 11am. So we had to set up the venue, we had to do a bunch of stuff. Um, and, and people go crazy for these politicians. Like it's not just, it's not, I guess going into politics, I kind of thought that it was a lot of like, oh yeah, this guy's fine. I just don't really like that other guy. So I guess I'll vote for this guy. No, there are real fanatics that will do anything if they think that they can get to like meet all of these politicians and, and, uh, that would mean like volunteering for shifts, even though we'd never seen them before. And then like completely dipping as soon as we gave them their pass so that they could wander the halls and, and casually like maybe run into these politicians. And these are like high level politicians, which I got, but it's just like, who the fuck is idolizing Joe Biden in 2016? I understand he was a joke for like parks and rec, but I mean, he was just the vice president. I don't know. Chelsea Clinton was one of them, too. Like, Hillary Clinton's daughter was super popular, and she came. And it was like, why is everyone going fucking crazy for Chelsea Clinton? She hasn't done anything with her life. She's literally just the daughter of this lady uh, who was our secretary of state and is running for president. So that always confused me. The other part of it is that, like, organizing anything is is a real bitch 
as when as you get more people like it's it's exponential organizing something with 10 people is easy organizing something with 100 people is pretty difficult organizing something with 10,000 people is a goddamn nightmare especially when like you have to get in arguments with cops because they won't let you go where you need to go in the event halls, which like I get, they're trying to keep everyone safe. You never know who's got like a pass or anything. But like, if we were told this part of the event hall is our job to maintain, and then all of a sudden we can't go there because the cops are saying, oh, there's nothing there, or you can't go this way, where it's like, oh my God, dude, the secret security's on the roof with a gun pointed at me right now just let me fucking walk this way like don't like they'll take care of me of something if i try to do something so anyway it was incredibly frustrating uh i honestly hated when politicians came because they they were good for news or whatever but we never saw a spike in volunteers or people uh trying to help out after politicians came because they would go see the politician and they would think, yep, my work is done. Like I did, uh, I did what I needed to do and that's helping out the campaign. And, and that's all I need for right now. And uh, like, uh, we'll call them after we would call them afterwards and they'd be like, Oh no, I went to the event. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I did my thing. I'll vote for her. Sure. Whatever. It's like, no, they came there to try and get you guys to do more. And it just never, it never really happened and then even if we did get one or two they almost always quit immediately because they didn't really want to volunteer they were just hyped up in the moment and then they felt obligated once because we called them and they they felt like they had to so i really did hate the the events uh, they were you know a nice memory i guess but they were a whole lot of work for almost no gain the other main thing that we were doing was cold calling people which a lot of people hated it's so mindless i guess i don't really mind it too much but every day from 5 30 to 9 p.m we would get our cell phones out and we would use our our real cell phones uh to do this and they did provide burner phones for us, but they were like, you know, Nextel flip phones, pay as you go, like bullshit phones so you could dial at like half the speed. And we would just call random people. I guess they weren't random. We would call lists of people who voted for Obama in 2012. And that's who we were going to call. And our sole goal on this call, it wasn't to try and get them to vote for Hillary. It wasn't to try and get them... Um, or like change their mind or, or anything along those lines. The only goal of calling was to get them to volunteer. And this is what I was talking about with the pyramid scheme uh, before. I was essentially the top of the pyramid scheme or the second top rung with my boss being the top rung of the ladder. And my only goal was to get people to volunteer, to come in, to call people, to get people to volunteer, to come in, to call people. And it just kept going down and down and down like that. And you were building a pyramid underneath you as an organizer. And it was so, uh, nobody, nobody really got the point of it by the end. And that was part of the, that was part of an issue that I'll get into later. But it was like the volunteers are realizing like, oh, if I'm just trying to get people to volunteer, like, what are we doing here? Like, what's the, what's the point of this? People are coming in and they're calling 
to uh like call other people and then like what nobody knows no nobody really knew what the point of it all was like any other pyramid scheme except like in most pyramid schemes at least somebody's making money like nobody got any bonuses for for getting volunteers and like nobody had real goals or anything like that so it was just like everyone the the campaign was really just using all of these people with free time for free energy and like try and organize the base but it kind of backfired because 99% of the time we would we wouldn't get anyone to pick up it was honestly maybe two out of every 50 calls which is 90 which is 4% of people would actually pick up. And then 2% of those people would just straight hang up on us, um, which is fine. Uh, we would also, we had a system where we could text people as well. And those were, those responses were pretty fun. Cause we texted a bunch of people that were now voting for Trump and fucking hated Hillary. So their, their responses got pretty creative, creative. I wish I, uh, saved a few snapshots. Um, uh, but you know, there was, death threats and all that fun stuff which you know we we were sending them from like an automated service so they didn't actually have my phone number or anything like that but it was uh it was a real kind of waste of time until the end there and and we were really putting in work into this we would like i knew of people that were triple dialing like they would have two burner two to three burner phones on their desk and as one was ringing they were dialing another one and then as that was ringing they would dial another one and they had a rotation of three phones all ringing at the same time and the odds of two of them picking up at the same time were so low that it was like all right it's it's almost never going to happen and if it does happen you just hang up on one of them um but uh but yeah we from 5 30 to 9 were making you know about 150 to 250 calls depending on the day trying to get people to volunteer um and then organize and if you did get someone who wanted to volunteer they would come in and you'd give them a list of about 50 people and they would do the same thing and the volunteers were never as quick they never doubled or triple dialed so they would make you know 15 calls an hour where an organizer uh could make close to 45 or 50 if they were really trying and uh yeah a lot of it was uh, a huge waste of time but um and and it was really the strictest time my of of all the things we did this was the thing we had the least control over we were all in an office we all had to be seen by our boss it was from 5 30 to 9 we were in one spot and we were making calls like you couldn't get up for more than a few minutes because we were all making calls and it was just such an archaic way to run a political campaign like if this were 2000 and everyone had landlines and nobody had spam blockers and all this other stuff that people have now then okay i get it and even in 2012 like that kind of worked for obama but like god damn what are we doing nobody picked up the people who did pick up 50 50 shot they hung up with on us and then another 50 50 shot on the one person who didn't hang up on us was voting for trump and i'll get into that later but like we were only calling obama people so the fact that they were voting for trump and it was a you know a 0.25 or a 50 50 chance almost that if someone picked up they were voting for trump was a horrible sign in ohio which i'll get into a little bit later
One of the other things that we did was, uh, as I said, knocking on doors. And this was also, and this is going to be a recurring theme, uh, a giant waste of time in terms of contacting the people that we're trying to contact. Um, the one, most people weren't home on any given weekend. The way that this was set up is that on weekends, we didn't do it on weekdays because it got dark at night, but on weekends, we would leave uh, the office at 10 in the morning and we would literally walk 10 miles a day uh, from these lists of Obama voters. And our job was to knock on their doors and discuss with them Hillary Clinton, ask them if they had a voting plan. And I want to specify, and I will get into this later, that at the end of a campaign, this is the best way to do it. It is like, it's good to knock on people's doors near the end of, uh, near election day. But we were doing this in like late August, early September when it's just, you know, what do we, what do we do it? Most people like election day is so far away. Uh, most people hated Hillary, which we didn't know when we started, but we now, um, know that in Ohio when, when she got beat, um, but even if they would come to the door, it's like they don't want to talk politics with a random stranger. Like I wasn't even asking them for money. In fact, I wasn't allowed to ask them for money. Um, they had to donate on a on a separate dime. But I couldn't take I couldn't take any money or anything else from them. Our only goal was to really just ask them, like, do you have a plan for Election Day? And in late August, nobody has a plan for Election Day and nobody should have a plan for Election Day. There's really no point. Like, and this is what a lot of our volunteers were doing as well. Um, I mentioned that that my territory was uh, the suburbs and the sticks. Well, that kind of only leads to a bigger issue because suburban voters went huge for Trump. Uh, but more importantly, they aren't, uh, like they know who they're voting for. They know how to vote and they know what day election day is. Like if I'm going to them in August, there's not going to be a, a conversation. I think in, in two months of knocking on doors, I had two conversations with anyone who was actually interested in their vote changing um, because suburban people are generally educated. They generally have money. And I don't even mean educated in terms of like college, um, which a large chunk of them are. I mean, educated and like they watch the news. They know when election day is. And so when a random guy shows up, it's like, hey, do you have a plan for election day? Their thought is like, no, that's who cares? Like it's, it's so far away. I know what I'm doing. Um, I don't want to talk politics with you. And part of that is being in the Midwest. People are, uh, hesitant to share their political ideologies with strangers, which I understand. Um, but it is just kind of, a the, the suburbs are just kind of a time sink. And it's really the same thing with the sticks. Like I, so my two suburbs of Toledo were called Oregon and Jerusalem, uh, which is ironic because I don't think there were any Jewish people at all near there. Uh, it was almost entirely trailer parks, uh, that were there where you're walking through and there's like loose dogs that look all mangy running around and like people, uh, 
people just you know sitting with uh refrigerators in their front yard and tires everywhere and like cars up on blocks and and this is like they don't give a shit is what i'm trying to say like it's mid-august they they're trying to work they're trying to feed their family they don't really care about the guy who or girl or anybody who's trying to come by and, and knock on their door um and uh and tell them about politics or hillary clinton or donald trump and as we now know almost every one of those people voted for donald trump and so they really didn't want to see me um and it's actually a, a funny it's a funny kind of story and i guess it's a little sad i'm not i'm not entirely sure what it means but i was walking around i was just wearing like jeans and like a flannel shirt or whatever at a clipboard with me and there were some kids uh playing basketball in their driveway and uh and the uh i went up to the kids i was like hey guys are your parents around here and the kids like looked at me super startled like they didn't they like it looked like they didn't had never seen a person before and eventually they ran into the house like one of them ran into the house and like this teenage girl probably like 17 or 18 runs out and she loses her mind on me just like freaking out like you need to get the fuck out of here you better get away from us get the fuck out what do you think you're doing i don't ever want to see you again like that kind of that kind of attitude for me and i was like all right fine i'm leaving i'm leaving and i just like walked away um and uh and i walk up to this couple that's sitting on like the front deck of their trailer which i guess they built and i go up to them and i'm like uh hey guys i'm with the clinton campaign just you know wanted to see if you had a a plan for election day or whatever and they're like oh that's what you're doing over there yeah we were we were wondering we saw like that that thing happen over there we got yelled at and we were wondering what's going on i was like yeah no what was going on and and they were like well you know in this neighborhood uh they probably thought you were a pedophile and i was like okay wait what they thought i was a pedophile i asked to see their parents what kind of pedophile asked to see the parents of the kids if i was a pedophile i would have said hey are your parents home cool good i don't have to worry about it now get in the van like that's i never confused the shit out of me but what it really says i think is that neighborhood was so kind of depressed that that was a real issue for them like they had to worry about random guys walking around there trying to pick up their kids which is incredibly sad but it goes to the point it's like who gives a shit about the clinton campaign when you're worried about pedophiles stealing your fucking children anyway um so that was a lot of fun we had i had a volunteer that was helping us out one time who uh we would give her the list of places to go and she always wanted her own neighborhood which was like fine okay you want to be in a place that that you know uh well it turns out that the only reason she wanted to knock on doors was because she wanted to know who their who her neighbors were voting for and what she did with the clipboard is go up to all of her neighbors houses and say hey i'm now with the clinton campaign 
who are you voting for? And they would say, I'm not telling you. And she said, no, no, you have to tell me I'm with the Clinton campaign. Obviously, it didn't fucking work <laughs> for her because she is the town crazy person, which we found out later. Um, and she would return with these like packets of, you know, there was 100 names on them. And she would have like four of them filled out and it was a complete waste of time. And it ended up that we had to like straight up tell her that she wasn't allowed to help us anymore because she was disturbing the neighbors and giving us a bad name, which was a whole debacle. We had to like bring run that up the chain because, uh, you know, the, the campaign couldn't couldn't understand what was going on, why we wouldn't want the help from this this crazy lady. Um, but. Again, it's, you know, the people that are doing this campaign with us or volunteering for the campaign are people that have a lot of free time. And there's a reason they have a lot of free time. Most most of them, uh, you know, don't have real jobs for a reason. Um, and that's not to say that the people that 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 applies to everyone. Like I said, like Charles and Mike were, they're two of my favorite people. They helped me out more than anybody. And they, I am not talking about them, but there was a large section of people that, uh, were doing this quite a bit, uh, doing this stuff quite a bit. So the final thing that we did a lot of was, uh, voter registration. And like I said, um, I really actually kind of enjoyed this. It was very, uh, independent. It was kind of just like leave at 10 AM and wander around and just try and find people. Uh, the goal was to register people to vote. And all you had to do for that was fill out a form. You didn't need a driver's license. You didn't need a real address. Like, honestly, we could go up to a homeless guy and have them put down, uh, the corner that they were sleeping on and that was going to be their address and that would work um, as they have pretty relaxed voter registration laws in Ohio. Um, and so I quickly found out that uh, very poor areas were definitely the best places to go. I tried to do it in the suburbs and I tried to do it in the sticks. The sticks, everyone has kind of a house and they're all kind of shut-ins um you don't really want to knock on doors and the suburbs everyone's already registered so there's really no point in going there but if you go into the more urban areas uh specifically the projects laundromats grocery stores bus stops uh all of that kind of stuff you're getting a lot of people that are out you're getting a lot of people that aren't as educated uh and you're getting a lot of people that haven't registered to vote or they don't remember if they're registered and in ohio it's you want to register them again anyway um just to make sure if there's two voter registration sheets um they don't get registered twice it just gets thrown out so it's better safe than than sorry to to register them to vote so my favorite thing to do was to walk into the projects uh and i honestly probably like i looked like an alien i was wearing like plaid all the time like i had a clipboard i probably looked like a Jehovah's Witness or like a Mormon when they come to your doors. That's pretty much what I was doing. But in the projects, it, pretty much all day at, at any given point, there are just groups of people hanging out and most of them were not registered to vote. And let me tell you, they were some of the most interesting fucking people I've ever met in my life. I honestly loved 
talking with them. They had incredibly interesting stories. They always had interesting reasons for doing everything. Like a ton of, I cannot tell you how many times I heard about like the deep state and that we couldn't register people to vote because then uh, they get you for jury duty, which I didn't believe at the time, but apparently that is true in Ohio that if you're not registered to vote, you don't have to do jury duty. Um, so a lot of people said no for that one. Uh, but it was, I'm not going to say it wasn't, uh, dangerous and, and I'll get into that in a second, but really I need to, to clarify that one of my tactics when I was, uh, registering people to vote was that I quickly figured out that nobody cared about Hillary Clinton in the urban areas. However, people did dislike Donald Trump. And so what that meant is that instead of walking up to people and saying, hey, I'm registering people to vote, uh, I'm with the Clinton campaign, do you want to help Hillary Clinton? I would just walk up to people and say, hey, do you want to help stop Donald Trump? And probably seven times out of 10, I eight times out of 10, I would get a, hell yeah, I want to help stop stop Donald Trump. What do I got to do? And I was like, two minutes, just fill this out. It's just like basic information. Uh, you just got to fill this out. You'll be registered to vote. You'll be able to vote in the coming election and you'll, uh, and you'll be all set. You can help stop Donald Trump. And you know, probably about half of them would, would say no for some reason, like the deep state or something along those lines. Uh, but about half of them would say, sure, why not? Fuck it. I've, I think I've already registered, but I'm not sure. Um, there's also a lot of voter registration purging in Ohio. So it's double safe to, to register people to vote. However, this tactic got me in trouble one time, uh, because I was walking around a pretty, uh, poor neighborhood and I was walking down the street and there was a guy there and I asked him, Hey, do you want to help stop Donald Trump? And he was like, Oh yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, I, and I was like, okay, yeah, we just got to register a vote. He said, oh, I'm already registered. I know for sure. I was like, all right, cool. Have a good one, man. I start walking towards these group of dudes. And as I'm walking towards the group of dudes, one of them like flashes a gun at me and was like, motherfucker, you better get the fuck out of this neighborhood. If you're helping Donald Trump, I don't want to see you anywhere near here. This like, I, you're going to fucking like, you're going to fucking get it. If, uh, if you keep coming back here and I like stupid, I should have just turned around. However, I'm stubborn. And I stupidly was like, no, no, no. I'm, I want to help stop Donald Trump. I want to stop Donald Trump. And they all like, just started laughing that they like almost pulled a gun on this white guy who was actually on their side. And they were like, Oh man, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely want to help stop Donald Trump. And I went up and they turned out they were all registered to vote. So it didn't even matter, but it's just like giving you a picture of the type of attitude that was going on with all of these, uh, people that we were talking to. It's like they were willing to like show guns to somebody who was just maybe on the Trump campaign. Um, and for the record, 
Trump didn't have organizers. He had a little campaign office in Ohio that was one dude who would sell signs and that was it. Like they weren't doing anything like this and it turned out they didn't need to be because they were uh, doing everything online like they should have been. If you want to learn more about that, you can check out the Cambridge Analytica documentary on Netflix, which is pretty fucking good. Um, so it just it goes to show you kind of the the attitude that was around there. However, that's not even my craziest story from uh, the campaign uh, in voter registration. The craziest thing that happened to me was actually on the first day of voter registration that I was in Ohio. I was walking out and it wasn't even in the projects. It was just kind of like an inner city area off a main road. And I walked up to this like kind of rundown house and there was an old lady and a dude sitting on the porch. Um, or no, just just an old lady sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, no teeth. And I walk up and in my head, I'm like, there is no way this woman is registered to vote. And I was 100% right. It took a little bit of convincing. Like she wasn't entirely sure if she should be A, talking to me and then B, putting her information down. Uh, but... I was pretty innocent at the time. I hadn't really done it. I felt uh, that I was being pretty earnest with with how I pitched her. Um, and eventually I was able to get her to not only register to vote, but also go into this rundown house to go get more people to come register to vote. Now I found out, find out as I'm talking to all these people that this is like a legitimate flop house for wayward drug addicts. Like this is, if you are addicted to drugs and you want a place to just like hang out and you're passing through Toledo and stay for a couple days, this is where you go. And that woman lives there full time, but she got this dude to come out. He's registering to vote. Now, he barely even knows how to write. And that was actually a pretty common uh, kind of sad thing about voter registration is just how many people I talked to that didn't know how to read. They didn't know how to write. Um, and he comes out. He doesn't really know how to write or spell his own name. Um, and while he's doing this for me, the lady, the toothless lady goes into the house and she starts screaming at him from the house because apparently he took her $5 bill that was on the kitchen counter. And so while he's trying to fill this out, even though he can't write, he's screaming at her that he doesn't have her $5 bill. And she's yelling every profane thing at him, calling him the worst fucking things you could ever hear. He's calling her the worst things ever. It ends up that he ends up taking my clipboard into the house to go get in a screaming match with her about the $5 bill. And I was like, honestly, in my head, I was like 50-50, we're going to need to call the cops because somebody's about to get hit. And while this is going on, there's another dude who had come out of the house. He was like kind of closer to my age, probably like mid twenties, dyed blonde hair. Uh, I didn't realize at the time, but he was on heroin. Uh, I didn't realize while I was talking to him, I realized it later, but he was on heroin uh, talking about how uh, he was just passing through and he's been a, a big drug addict and he's trying to get his life 
uh, around, but also like he's like he admitted he's like I'm having a lot of fun doing all these drugs. So it was like, all right, well, you know, you do you, buddy. And so we just honestly chatted for like five minutes while this guy had my clipboard, um, and uh, and the guy eventually comes out. He's just like, I hate that woman. I hate that bitch. She's the fucking worst. I fucking hate her so much. She steals all my shit and she accuses me of stealing her shit, blah, blah, blah. And he's like angry. It takes him like 15 minutes to fill this thing out. As soon as he's done filling out, the lady goes, oh, no, I found it. It was under the fridge. And he was like, that fucking bitch. I fucking hate her accusing me. And she didn't. I didn't. Nobody even took it. It's right there. This is her fault. All this other. And he like goes back inside to yell at her more. And I get the, the dude who's on heroin to start filling out the the registration he fills it out and then the lady comes outside and people are walking by and she's like hey guys you all need to help this guy out he's he's helping stop donald trump he's you know he's doing all this uh this stuff like trump said he wanted to build a wall and mexicans are rapists so everyone needs to help him out so it was honestly in my head the best situation that I could have dreamed of where I got four people to register and a a good day for registering people to vote was 10 people. That was awesome. Um, so I got four people. We're sitting there. There's a ton of people walking through this lady's helping me out. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to walk away with like 25 or 30 registrations today. I just got to start hanging out at this crack house. Um, which in my head I was like, yeah, maybe that's not a great idea long-term. Um, but one of the guys who had walked up, um, was filling it out and in the middle of it he drops the clipboard looks up and a guy walking on the sidewalk who is not a part of anything uh, looks at him right in the eye and the guy with my clipboard goes yo and pulls a gun out points it at this guy and goes I told you never to fucking come on this street again to this neighborhood. This is my neighborhood. I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to fucking murder you right here, right now. And he's holding my clipboard, like my my, uh, address for the campaign headquarters is on this clipboard. And he's like holding this thing, threatening to kill this guy with a gun pointed at him on a busy road. This is not a side street. There are plenty of cars driving through there. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, is he going to kill someone? And luckily for me, uh, the guy he was pointing the gun at sprinted away. No shots were fired. Uh, and all that guy did was he put the gun back in his waistband and goes, I hate that motherfucker. And then kept filling out the rest of the uh the clipboard and after that i was like you know what i could come by here or i could stay here and i could get more but uh i think i gotta go before uh something really terrible happens um and that's really it for part one as you guys will hear in part two there's uh, a lot more things that happen um while i was on the campaign including death threats uh a co-worker getting robbed at gunpoint um that kind of stuff that happened uh and so that will be in uh the next episode that will come out uh let me see let me pull up the date that next episode will come out on uh, the night of the 10th, the morning of Monday, the 11th. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I hope I'm keeping it entertaining uh, and not rambling too much. If you have any questions, comments, whatever else, please 
hit me up on uh, Instagram. I actually just made a new Instagram dedicated solely to this podcast. For those of you that uh, don't follow me on Instagram, I've mostly been using my comedy page, Corey T Comedy, but I now have an Instagram dedicated solely to the podcast. So go follow that. Clips will be going up weekly for every single episode that we do here. And I really appreciate all of the listens. Stay tuned on the 11th for part two. Have a great rest of your week.